Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. Uh, you can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, Clutch Figures. And I am Crystal Beth, and you can find me at my Movies by Minutes podcast, The Fifth Element, at thefifthelement.com, and on Twitter and Instagram at TheCrystalBeth. Cool. I did it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> awesome. I always get so nervous when I'm about to say things because I'm like, what will I forget or say wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Um, but yeah, today on Man of Steel, uh, we are talking about minute number 71. Um, and it starts with um, kind of like Northcom's military, or I don't know if it's more than just the Air Force, um, because we know Nathan Hardy is there and... Swanick's there, but they're gearing up to, uh, I guess Superman has, has revealed him, revealed himself uh, to the world. And then the minute ends with uh, Lois Lane questioning Kal-El. Uh, um, he's, you know, kind of surrendered himself to Northcom yep. slash the Air Force. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we do this thing where we read the reviews from all our fans um, for leaving us great reviews, and we just wanted to acknowledge those fans for doing such a great job uh, and listening and stuff. And um, good job, really, fans. really <laughs> us doing a good job. So, like, uh, so let's see. Oh my God, this review. Look at it. That's, oh, there right. you go. Okay, this review is from Cyg- Cygnus the Impaler, and it is titled "Darth Plagueis the Wise." It is a five-star review, and what he commented was, Darth Plagueis was a dark lord of the Sith, so powerful and so wise he could use the Force to influence the midichlorians to create life. He had such a knowledge of the dark side, he could even keep the ones he cared about from dying. He became so powerful, the only thing he was afraid of was losing his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew. Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic. He could save others from death, but not himself. Is that... He just, like, took the verbatim from Star Wars? Yes. <laughs> Why would he do that? Why not? I Thank you, Cygnus the Impeller, for that amazing... Honestly, <laughs> that is one of the best reviews you could possibly get, because Star Wars is great. Oh, yeah, yeah no. I'm, yeah, I'm not... <laughs> yeah, yeah, Star Wars is and great. It's five stars, so uh, <laughs> of course I'm going to read that, and everyone should, <laughs> everyone should have that uh, quote tucked somewhere in their wallet, and should be their morning mantra. I don't know, <laughs> but thank you so much, sir. Um, yeah, we're today we're talking about Man of Steel, not Star Wars. <laughs> um, and let's see. So yeah, that's how the minute rolls around. Um, so the way it starts, we get this cool little quick montage of these tanks and these turrets and these weapons. They're being mounted, they're being armed, they're being aimed, and, um... Towards the sky. Yeah, right? Like, what are you, what are they getting prepared for here? It's almost like, am I watching a Transformers movie or something? Because it's like, (laughs) it seems like, um, or like Pearl Harbor or something from, uh, Michael Bay. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful kind of, once they get themselves ready, I, I love this panning up shot that they do to the the flowing red cape. Yeah. And then you see Superman hovering above them. Like, yeah. it's, uh, it's quite a powerful shot. 
It is. I like, um, with this part, there is always, it's always exciting when you first see the suit in use mm-hmm. in a movie. And then since the first time he comes down and you see him with his leg, like kind of bent, it's that first perfect visual you get of like, oh my God, that's Superman. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's been 71 minutes into the movie, which is my, my complaint about this movie is that it's too goddamn long (laughs) it's a very long movie and there it's so easy to edit it shorter i in my humble movie watching opinion but this part when i saw these minutes that i got i was like oh my god it's like literally the best when the movie starts getting amazing is Uh, right here yeah absolutely i mean like he chose for a reason to be you know floating above them it's not like he walked to the front door and like you know knocked on it or or what have you, but it's so powerful. It's just like, it's, it's almost, you can't help but think um, that this creature uh, is above everyone else. And um, I wonder mm-hmm. if that, that could be a thought that's going through Superman's head at the time. But hey, who knows? It's just really powerful, like Godly you said. Godly thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's... he's... I also... Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I was just going to say, he's, no, he's just as much uh, afraid of them as well, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's nervous, understandably <laughs> so, but also kind of his dad's fault. True, <laughs> um, it's all Jonathan yeah. Kent's fault. Everything. I, I guess you could. Yeah. I guess you could cut down this film a bit if you wanted to leave some more things a little more mysterious uh, with his background and such. Um, but yeah, here, like especially these minutes that you have, Crystal. Um, this is when the film is like, like we're getting into a new act it's it's going to really pick up uh the danger level Mm -hmm. the excitement the action like we've been kind of going through a lulling period with Mm -hmm. almost like learning more about clark and why he um is the way he is um but now it's time to get into what i assume most people paid to see (laughs) is right superman fight people (laughs) yeah of course it's uh, I, like I said, I'm really glad to have these minutes, and especially because for anyone that listens to the Fifth Element, it I like to go into weapons. Uh, my boyfriend and I both really like learning about weapons of war, and there are so many weapons in this that I have a lot of information about. Really, so I yes, and it starts with a weapon. Like, but the first frame of my minute is uh, M2HB heavy machine getting getting mounted on a tank, which is great. But then we also get, um, you see the M1 Abrams tanks, which are the main tanks that you see. And they are American third generation battle tank, and they're designed for modern ground warfare. And they were made in the 70s, they're still used today, and they cost between $6.21 million to $8.92 million to make, which is a lot of money on this set right now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and then they have uh, the first gun you see when you see the guy holding it up against the uh, Humvee. It's an M249, which is a light machine gun, and they've been in every single major conflict involving the U.S. since the invasion of Panama in 1989, which is 
really cool. And the next one you see is when uh, one of the soldiers aims right at Superman. That's the M4A1, and it's M4 carbine. And it's actually a gun that's replacing the M16 as the primary infantry weapon for both the Army and the Marines. That's a, which that's is a pretty cool, even though... Yeah. That yeah. Un- that's even though this is the Air Force, <laughs> but yeah. And then the uh, the heavy machine gun, like I said, it's mounted on one of the tanks. That machine gun was designed in World War One and started being used in the 1930s and is still used today when they're doing mobile warfare on their Humvees or, you know, when they're going from spot to spot trying to go do different missions and everything like that. So it's really cool. There's a lot of really awesome guns in this section. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Really cool. That's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty cool to think that, like, you know, you have all this, you know, artillery that's that's there being pointed up at the sky towards Superman, but then us as an audience know that, man, he's a man of steel. None of this is going to affect him. Like, come on, come on now. But then, you know, as humans and as Americans, we tend to jump to violence, I guess, uh-huh. when, when, we, when we see <laughs> When we get scared. When things are yep. floating above us. Yeah, so. So do you but think... But he's floating so gently. Yeah, absolutely. He's like, he didn't... St- jump in real fast he's coming in slow like how are you supposed to pet a dog <laughs> going slowly at him smell your hand <laughs> you, have to, you have to like bow like when a deer comes to you, you bow and then it bows back yeah at you. <laughs> or true. a hippogriff from harry yeah. potter or a there you go there you go yeah we that's what all, that's what i meant <laughs> we can all relate to that yeah <laughs> so yeah, do you think you don't want him to bite you do you think like is it just one tank that they were able to get and then they're like we'll need to have like to do several shots with it like like superimpose it just like in yeah copy paste (laughs) i honestly i don't think it costs that much money to rent these things for oh that's good for movies (laughs) because they i mean they probably cost a lot and you have to go through a lot of different things like i don't think a low budget film could get one of them but we're not always at war or well up until now Mm -hmm. we weren't or we will be but god knows uh (laughs) <laughs> the tanks are kind of just sitting around a lot and i feel like you know how you can't you don't leave a car in the driveway you have to make sure you turn it on and drive it or it'll break just because it's sitting there doing yeah. nothing mm-hmm. maybe they're like these will be like go use these in movies or maybe they're decommissioned or something where they've led a long hard life and they're like go be a movie set prop now go mm-hmm. be gone yeah yeah like uh the tanks that you would see in like a museum or something where they're just kind of like hollow inside or something it's just like a giant yeah. warehouse full of rentable tanks. That's a market. Someone's coined <laughs> yeah. that. I just, was, I was like, well, they must have only been able to get one because I can't see someone being like, oh, you need, you need a couple tanks. Uh, how, how many you need? You need three for Saturday, twelve p.m. <laughs> okay, uh, well, <laughs> we'll roll them up for you. And like, it's like, no, I feel like maybe, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I don't know if, if any of the guns are real, like. Are they, I mean, are they just props or are they just like decommissioned rifles? Um, right. But they, you know. Or like, real, but they have fake rounds in them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, no, but that's crazy. I mean, the, I even I looked at that when I was looking at the minutes and I was like, I don't know if I'd be able to find out like <laughs> what kind of tank or like the turret, especially because it's the first thing you see. Like, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't know if I'd be able to find something out like that. But look at you. That's crazy. It's, it's amazing how you can find that, that much information. Yeah, it's really – it's um, a big thing. A big help is – I talk about it all the time on my other podcast, but Internet Movie Firearms Database. And it's all of the firearms in every movie. 
even fake firearms, they show you how they made those fake firearms, like the fifth element. It, oh, sorry, that's the name of my podcast. The fifth <laughs> element, they use uh, parts from real guns to make the space guns that they have. And that's awesome. And then this one, for this movie, it's super easy because they're all actual guns. So mm-hmm. it's easy to go to Internet Movie Firearms Database look at all the guns and then pull from the wealth of knowledge I have about weapons of war to make it seem like I know everything, which I don't. I should have known I, that it's, it's a website. Right? What is that called again? Internet movie firearms database. <laughs> it's the coolest thing. It is so cool. I'm not surprised that exists. <laughs> yeah. Any movie that has a gun in it, this has a, has a page for it. That's insane. It's, yeah, that's incredible. That's cool. Um, yeah. So, revealing Superman, uh, you know, he's 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 there. He's he's posing. It's a uh, it's a beautiful shot the way they did it. Um, but yeah, it is it is terrifying to everyone to see that. Um, it's it's really terrifying. But, and it's like, okay, this is an alien, which is so weird because it's just a dude in a cape. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> it's just like. It it almost makes you like question like wow it's like it's just like human being yeah. but he's flying and he's got mm-hmm. a blue suit on it's just it's so I don't know it's it's not just scary to see something like that but it's also just kind of like mind mind boggling I don't know it's just like you have to like question everything because he looks so just like us that I feel like that's even uh, um, I don't know more off putting. Than just being like, if he was just an alien, like Martian Manhunter or, or like Brainiac or something, then you could be like, oh, it's an alien. Yeah. But now it's a, it's like a human looking guy. So it's like, now you're really unsure. You know, you, ha- right. like, you have to question everything now. Yeah. Um, um, I think we get that later on in the week when a character shows up and another character's jaw kind of drops. But we'll get into that. So yeah. I, got some, <laughs> I got some talk about that. Save me. Sidebar that. Put I'll, that come, on the I'll back come. Burner. Yeah, I'll come back to that one <laughs> in a couple um, days. Yeah, and then it, I think it just. Um, he says, "I'd like to speak to Lois Lane," um, and I want to know why. Like, why? Because Lois Lane in last week's minutes, she was pretty much taken. Uh, she was apprehended by Air Force. FBI. F- mm-hmm. Well, he was there. <laughs> Nathan Hardy is part of Air Force and Northcom, and he was sure. with them. And FBI, okay, so FBI did take her away. Um, and now he's shown up in in his suit and everything to speak to Lois Lane. Yeah. Um, is he just turning himself in? Or is he there to, like, re- like I don't know, rescue her? Like, get her out of their I th- custody? I think, I think it's both. Um, this is, uh, you know, when he does have the line of dialogue, I would like to speak to Lois Lane and all that stuff. I'm pretty sure that is the first Superman dialogue that we get uh he's in his cape mm-hmm. he, you know he's in his suit and before when he was in his suit talking he wasn't even talking to jor-el he was just flying and stuff and we didn't get any dialogue mm-hmm. and then after that he just showed up in the graveyard with lois and he wasn't you know superman if you will at that time he was still just clark um but yeah right. this is like very it's very proper it's uh, i took it as like very christopher reeves heavy Oh like his, yeah, yeah. Like the way that he's saying it, it's just so. Posh, I really like clean. that too. Yeah, 
the mm. way he speaks as Superman, yeah, it has that awesome like old school feel. No one speaks like that now. No, not at and all. And it the cadence and the way he speaks and the words he chooses, chooses, chose the words he chose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would not be a good Superman. Apparently, I'd be like, I I get the lady. I need the lady. <laughs> um, but if she's Lois is also his only ally right now. Yeah. The only other people that know are his parent or know him in his story are his parents and he I mean she's also super cute. <laughs> so like that helps. I think. Yeah. So when my thing was like, oh, he's probably asking for her because A, he knows that she's being held and B he's the one person that knows or she's the one person that knows everything. Yeah, it could be like a keeping and she tabs. She kept a secret, yeah. which is sweet yeah yeah or maybe he's like if i turn myself in then she can go kind of thing like they keep on questioning right. her and if i like, just don't question her i'll i'll answer the question yeah. it's just you know let her let her go but yeah i definitely would if i was superman I'd be like yo you got lois lane in there yeah i'm gonna need her <laughs> out of there so <laughs> so very non-professional i know well no one said he had to be professional <laughs> Um, but I, I, watching these, uh, couple minutes here, I, I have a feeling that maybe this was shot before anything else. Cause like, you'll get the whole Christopher Reeves vibe throughout this whole week. And, um, just the way his hair is and like the way they interact with each other, especially like in the coming scenes, I just got a vibe. It was like, I feel like maybe this was like the first thing they did. It could have been. It just feels very classic superman this whole this whole segment yeah i mean so, I, I do remember um later on in this minute when he's walking down the hallway with the handcuffs um that was like the poster and mm-hmm. it was in the trailer exactly and it was just mm-hmm. all like it could have been the first they questioned the yeah. s well we'll get there we'll get there <laughs> yeah um so yeah <laughs> but that does happen in uh right in this next scene we get the infamous shot of him walking uh with soldiers they have him handcuffed, which is that like that was like what one of the first official posters or, mm-hmm. or screens uh, screenshots used uh, to promote the film, and um, it, it makes you question like, oh wow, is he, did he do something wrong? And it's like, do we not trust him? It's like because we've never seen that um, from a Superman film before, or Superman's mm-hmm. never been treated that way by America. He's always yeah. uh, been the one holding the eagle, not being handcuffed. So it's a complete 180 uh, perspective than what we've seen, uh, than what we've seen Superman be treated like before. Yeah, it's a and it looks yeah. funny. It looks odd to see him in handcuffs. It's not like oh yeah, he's just in handcuffs. You just see this big man in a tiny itty bitty baby set of handcuffs that are just sort of strangling his wrists yeah. and. I mean, it's kind of an, a testament to his acting. You can tell, or for me anyway, it looks like he's trying to hold his hands together so he doesn't break them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like usually when people are in handcuffs, you, you relax your arms against them so that you can, like, you're not going to keep your arms tight. You're going to, for all the times I've been handcuffed, you relax <laughs> your hands into the handcuffs. <laughs> and uh, he very clearly has his hands brought together. And it's just such a facade of like it's a security theater it's just like the tsa with all the stuff that they do now with going through security to get on airports it's they're like okay we gotta this is what we have to do to make ourselves feel safe even though it does not 
matters. Something's going to happen if something's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think for most people, when they first see this, they're thinking, well, did like someone take away his powers? Did like, did they like find a way to defeat him or something? And then we get to the movie and it's like, no, nah, he just turned himself in. Yeah. And it's like, well, and then, then you're like, well, why is he turning himself in? Um, right. What did he do to turn himself in? Yeah, exactly. Or to have to turn himself in. Yeah. And she asked that, uh, we get to Lois Lane, we get the very start of their, um, conversation interrogation i don't don't, yeah i don't know it's not an interrogation because they're both technically like they should have had her in handcuffs too and they're like what so who's (laughs) yeah that would be really funny she's like tied to the chair and he's tied to his chair and they're just kind of talking yeah it's like she just reverts back to like all she knows how to do in this situation is just start an interview yeah (laughs) it's like it's like all right well since we're gonna be waiting for uh the generals and everything to come in. I guess I should ask you some questions. <laughs> Maybe she is handcuffed. I'm gonna have to look at that. She's again. not. I don't, she she isn't. She's she's got her hands no, on the table. She's free. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and and why like you know he asked for Lois and everything like why did they choose to like did she ask them like hey I should probably go interview him or I should probably go talk to him like okay we'll give you a room. It's kind of like that whole why was Lois Lane in the the the, the the ice, you know, Ellesmere Island. Like, why was she allowed to go there and, and like, into, like, the, the main command base and, like, yeah, learn all right. this information? It's we, like, why? When why? she was there, we said, well, they don't like her. Well, they're <laughs> yeah. giving her full clearance on a whole bunch of stuff anyways, which, <laughs> you know, people would never do to just a reporter. Like, yeah. they would, like, put them in a room and say, hey, you can't come out right now. We'll tell you what to tell, you know, the Daily Planet. Yeah. And it's like, here again they're doing the same thing where it's like they kidnapped her from her apartment again okay they didn't kidnap her what is they just apprehended her (laughs) she's not a child child. um and then they bring her here and then they sit her in the same room with an alien who's super powered who's like have at it yeah and they're like just stay in this room with him right well she already has a background with them like she went to the ship yeah so she she has a background with them so it's not like she's there and they're like why is this lady here I guess we should sit her in this room. She has the clear, the classified clearance, like you were saying. So they're probably just like, well, I guess go do your job. If he wants you here, you might as well talk to him, ask him questions, feel comfortable doing that, which is great. It's it's uh, it, well, that was also something that was kind of weird for me for the in the movie, which was that Clark Kent didn't meet Lois at the Daily Planet. He met her before he started working at the Daily Planet. Mm-hmm. was kind of a weird thing for me. So, like, this whole part feels weird just because of how much Superman I've watched and read. That this, it, the whole interaction here, it doesn't feel as fun as other Superman and Lois interactions that have happened over the years and every other Superman movie thing. So, it across the board, it's a little weird feeling for me. <laughs> yeah, it's just almost like... Maybe it's not supposed to be fun. I guess, but yeah. it's just, why, why, why is she, I don't know. Why is she in the room? Why is she in the room? Why'd they allow her to go in Maybe there? They and, think and, like, she's... if they're trying to, like, keep this on the down low with, like, hey, we got an alien now, now we need to get, you know, we got to ask some questions and stuff. Why is your first instinct to go, well, yeah, send that reporter from the Daily Planet so she can go blab her mouth and write a paper about it, like, all these secret <laughs> well, things Well, he did that ask learning. for her. 
yeah. they're scared of him. They don't know who he is, and they're like, well, let's just set, do what he said. They, he could be a ticking time bomb ready to explode their entire base. They don't know, but they're like, okay, so he had one request, and this goes back to, like, military. When you're doing negotiations with people, you want to be like, all right, well, okay, so this is something you want. Not like hostage negotiations, but you're like, okay, well, this is something that they're asking for, so we don't know if he's a bad guy. We don't know if he's a good guy. We should probably send that thing. Also, if he decides to kill her, no skin off our back. Yeah, I guess. So let's yeah. send her in and see what's going on there, and we'll watch from the secret room. <laughs> they think very chivalrous. They think it's <laughs> they they think it's a uh, secret. Um, of but like, so it's it's hard to not compare this film to another Amy Adams film that just came out called Arrival. Uh, in which... I was thinking it the whole time. Yes. <laughs> and so she's talking to an alien in this scene, but she's not decked out in hazmat suits and yeah. whatnot. And it got me thinking that maybe they think she's, because she's already been in contact with him before, that they're like, well, maybe she's contaminated too, so let's put them both in the same room because... And then gas them. And then maybe they're like, well, let's see if she like starts breaking into hives or something. And like, <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Like, so she's like being guinea pig tested to see like what it's like to have a human interact with this alien. Yeah, it so. could be. Oh, the U.S. military. Bunch of gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of always saw this interview, interrogation, whatever you want to call it, as um, it reminded me a lot of um, the day the Earth stood, stood still when they mm. when they get the the that, alien. And that the, good old Keanu Reeves film. Yeah, they, they showed it a lot in the Keanu Reeves film when they like set him up to the lie detector test or something that they were doing and they were like interviewing him and he was an alien so i don't know it kind of played off that in my opinion hmm. we haven't uh we haven't referenced that film yet it's no we haven't one. i need to first go one. rewatch the original at some oh, point yeah. so cool um so she's asking him uh why is she surrendering surrendering to zod and he says i'm, I'm surrendering to mankind yeah um, uh, There's a I, difference. Yeah, I guess there is. <laughs> There's uh, a big difference, man. Well, mm -hmm. uh, maybe I don't know. Um, if he was surrendering to Zod, he would have just flown up into the sky and you know knocked on the space the, the black zero door and be like, "Hey, hey, I'm here. You wanted me?" Hello, hello. Yeah. But, but can I come in? <laughs> but it's, it's me, more of... Superman. <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta... you, I, you, I, I saw you talking about me on the TV. You need me. You yeah. gotta turn the knob <laughs> the same time I press the buzzer so that the door opens. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, he's, that'd be fun. He's talking, you know. He he says the whole mankind thing, where it's it's almost like a I don't I don't know. It's kind of like let me ask permission, let me mm. let me kind of show myself first to you know these people that I think I should trust versus me just yeah. going right up to Zod and and then well, coming down and you know lasering everybody. He said he like what he can't um he said zod can't be trusted and i don't know if the people of earth can be either when he's and, talking to father leon yeah when he's okay. talking to father leon in, in the last minute and then you know father leon says sometimes you have to take a leap of faith the trust part comes later and i think this is it where he's surrendering surrendering himself to mankind um he still doesn't trust them uh, the only one he does trust is his mother and Lois Lane here. So, um, so I think that's that's what's going on here. Um, he's kind of giving into the will of the people because this is their planet, yeah. and 
he won't see this as like his planet or his people until the end of the next film. So, you know, he, he wants to do the right thing. Um, but he wants to respect the wishes of not just the American people, but it seems that way. (laughs) Yeah. Um, -hmm. but like the people of earth. So if America wants to do something, he's got to give himself in. I guess that's what's going on here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that's when it cuts off right there. It it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, did you guys have anything else for this minute or any other notes? Um, not no, particularly. Just, yeah. He has a great furrowed brow. And yeah. I think I say that in every minute, every note I wrote for every minute says something about his furrowed brow. I just want to touch it. I just want to run my fingers over his wrinkled forehead. Uh, I would pay a million dollars to touch Henry Cavill because he's a beautiful man. <laughs> I feel like he is a beautiful he- man. Someone should sculpt him, and he would be, like, just as beautiful as, like, the Statue of David or something. He's, like, such a beautiful man. Like, perfect genes. Look at that guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He'd be more attractive, honestly. Statue of David, not a great face. Great body, not a great face. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to, we'd be getting a a good face and a a good body, so. So Exactly. So what do you give, like, you'd give David's face, like, what, an eight? In his face, like a four, or uh, yeah, David itself. I don't know. I'll go. I want to do a nine, close to a ten for the bod, and then maybe a six for the face of David. Mm. Hubba hubba. Yeah, it's that longish kind of curly hair, and then the 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 Grecan sort of nose thing, like Hercules the cartoon. You don't like his hair? I, th- I feel like that's. One of the reasons why he works. David? Yeah. Both yeah, of them. I don't know. I think he looks like a hippie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, but the statue of David's insane. The first time I saw it, I it was mind-blowing, and he's a very handsome man. But Henry's cuter. We're on a first-name basis. Yeah. We're married. Yeah, I don't of think uh, no argument there. <laughs> um, but All right, cool. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this minute. If you love what you guys hear, uh, please don't forget to leave us a great review. We would love to read all your wonderful reviews on the podcast for other fans to listen to and for you to listen to as well. And uh, don't forget to check out everything that Crystal Beth has going on over on her side of things, you know, the fifth element, all that stuff. Um, we also have a couple podcasts on our channel as well. If you're interested in something that's not DC related, we have Stellar Dynamics, which is the ultimate encyclopedic compendium of all things Rush, where every episode they talk about every studio album by Rush, the band, and they go through every single track, and they kind of music theory the whole thing. And then we also have Honey Hold My Beer, which is uh, just a podcast with two gals who share craft beers and some of the oddest stories I've ever heard. So don't forget to check those out, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.